All right, it's Tuesday afternoon, Lacrosse Talk PM, News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. I'm Dave, he is Rick, and uh, we're here for you guys today. What a day it is, man. 51 degrees as I traveled in here today from Stoddard, Wisconsin, and um, I feel, and this is a feeling, I'm no meteorologist here, Rick Solom, like you are, uh, but I feel that... um, Winter is over. The official start of spring will be tomorrow, right? We've got the solstice coming up tomorrow, spring solstice. March 20th, yep. I don't think we're going to get an, another big snow. What say you? No way. Don't, we'll get a snow. What are you talking about? That's what my wife That's what my wife says. Why? Last April we got one. Yeah, I know. Like mid-April. That was historic, inches. though. That was historic. Most snow in April ever. I mean, we've had April snows before. Okay. It's so, not even April. Okay. All right. So Rick's on board. Um, the snow is over. Uh, spring has officially started. Everything is going to be rosy from here on out. And hopefully you guys are staying dry. That has become a real problem. I know for a number of people, not just here in Wisconsin, but of course our neighboring state, well, sort of neighboring, in Nebraska. Boy, they are having a tough time. I heard something earlier today, Rick, 18 of 23 counties, and that might be off, but it's something along those lines, are under a state of emergency in Nebraska. The flooding has taken out 12 bridges. Three people have died. Man, that water's rising fast. So hope you guys are ready for a really nice Tuesday. Rick and I have a pretty fun show lined up for you today. I was thinking a lot about what to do tonight. Actually, we had a couple of weeks in which I was preparing for this evening. Last week, we decided, you know, heck, we're going to throw everything out and go unscripted and just see what happens. Turned out pretty good. If you'd like to join us in the program at any time this evening, 785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. I believe we're also... Uh, doing the broadcast on Facebook Live, right? Okay, yeah. cool. So you can leave some comments there. And uh, we'll spend some time talking about Facebook, at least one of our station's Facebook pages, and how it has to uh, do with the topic of today as we progress on. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of what I want to hit on, um, you you shared with me a pretty story, a pretty funny story, excuse me, off air today that I think would tickle and delight our, our listeners. Which one is it? Is it dad or the it's why? dad? Uh, yeah, no, the why thing is just we won't go there that's right now. That, that's that's tomorrow, perhaps, yeah. with uh, Rick Solom as the uh, Captain Marvel review sort of winds down. Uh, did you like that movie, by the way? Um, it was all right. OK, I just I have all those movies I have a problem with is for the most part, the good guys always win. Sure. Always, Generally, everything gets resolved. Yeah. You know, or there's a sequel. Eventually, there's no dark evil like i think maybe the x-men phoenix movie might be that it's about, like where where's when are we getting the darth vader movie okay or something like that all you right. know like oh, all right darth, darth vader just kicking a all the time like, all right. i want to see that movie okay well there you go um and i'm with you on uh, a, a lot of levels on that I, I love movies in which the uh the bad guy wins because i think that's a little bit more realistic uh, oftentimes but uh it, it, you know in full-on disney fantasy defense i <laughs> don't think they generally like to uh, go that way so anyways tomorrow let's get to your story I, i'd love to hear that on air about your car detail and, and the YMCA, but uh, last week, you know, we, we sort of went on to this. Um, we sort of went on to this topic where we asked listeners the question: Are you ready for when millennials, the generation of millennials here in the United States, become the leaders? Because the fact is, they're the largest portion of the workforce today. They're going to become the largest portion of of, of leadership tomorrow. I mean, that's for sure. So, are we ready? And you said that you identified as millennial, and we gave you a little guff and poked you a little bit and had some fun. Uh, but this was a, a full on millennial moment so so let's walk and when i say i identify as millennial that was like i had to ask you last week what, yeah, what when, is that is when is the millennial you know well, like when is that but the, the when isn't what? important but the what is because right. you were like trying to uh, like really like hone into what the worst aspects of millennialism is right. like, you know laziness shiftlessness but i don't think that's the case i really don't and, and like we talked about that forbes has done an incredible job 
detailing why millennials in the workforce are so successful and the ways in which that they go about their success. But the point is, you you went out to see your pop, and you'd kind yeah. of let us know that you were going out there, right? Yeah, I have, so you go I to have see a twenty two year old twenty. Three-year-old truck. Yeah, now. it's beautiful. By the way, yeah. I would love to Just take it off your hands. One little spot of rust. One little. That's spot. fine. I'll, I'll sand it out. So, anyways, you take it to your dad, and you're like, "Dad, I need a little help." Yeah, like doing it, what? It was his birthday at the beginning of oh, the month? God. So the yeah. irony. Oh, so was that's like, what hey, you're there yeah, for. Happy birthday! I happy also birthday! My by the way, 1976 wheelhorse garden tractor snowblower home. Okay. Too, just to okay. be like, hey, dad, this doesn't sound right either because it never sounds right. But like, I'm kind of dumb. I'm I'm done with it, right? Like, no more snow. I'm kind of done with it. I'll bring it home, sure. tune it up, whatever. Like, it's not going to snow anymore. My dad has like 19 garages like okay. you just put it it'll go somewhere and he's like where am i gonna put that you know and i'm like mm, one of the 19 garages i don't say that but i'm thinking like one of the 19 garages but i'm just like well i'll just take it home then he's like oh we'll just sell it you don't need it anymore that's how that's how this started. so the heart of this thing so, though what's your you, you were telling well, this then, to me and, and hunter we get into the into the, the truck and then i'm yeah. like okay dad well the truck the four-wheel drive went out and i couldn't get up the driveway and then he's like oh you guys don't respect me. I have two brothers, so none of the brothers apparently respect our dad, and and it's all about like you you bring your stuff home, you expect your dad to fix it. I'm nearly seventy years old, and you guys, when I was a kid, I was working on my dad's stuff. His mother, his wife died when he was sixty years old, and he spent the last twenty five years of his life, you know, on his own. And we would go and help dad, and all you guys do is want dad to help you. And I'm just like. Mm. Yeah, so the four wheel drive. So, <laughs> like, all right. So I have hey, no comeback for that. I'm like, okay, no, well, we we don't respect you. That's right, Dad. Like, well, uh, apparently, considering where your dad's coming from, no, you just guys, you, you do not respect him. Your brothers for shame, for shame. <laughs> where are they right now? We're publicly shaming them. Um, seven eight five seventy nine fourteen is the Better Hearing Center talking text line. If you'd like to join in the program or start a topic of conversation Chuck all on your own, uh, that's good to hear. I would hope it would. Your dad's the man, right? Uh, that's the number to reach us. All right. So before we go to news, though, I kind of want to set up something, um, you know, a couple weeks back and maybe this was about 10 days ago. It was James Madison's birthday. And James Madison was one of the f- framers of the Constitution. Uh, if you've listened to the show before with me on it, you might understand that while I'm not dogmatic in the approach, I do view the Constitution as the most perfect working legal document probably that's ever been written, uh, at least in my estimation. And and one of the parts of the Constitution is the Bill of Rights. And I don't think that very often, and maybe civics classes around the area do this, and I know that Daryl Crandall, who's a teacher of civics for my son out of DeSoto Middle School, he does a good job here. But I don't I don't think that most Americans fully embrace what it is that they have fundamentally in respect to their rights. So today I want to talk a little bit about your first and most important fundamental right as an American. That is your First Amendment. And the First Amendment reads very simply like this. And imagine a lawyer putting something simple like this on paper today. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, that's loaded. So you've got no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, abridging freedom of speech. That's a pretty all-encompassing statement there. Or of the press, or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, why I think this is important is because today, I don't care what side of the political coin you're on, it seems that freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of religion, freedom from religion, is being attacked. 
785-7914. Better Hearing Center talking text line. Rick and I've got to go. We'll be back after this quick look at news. Stick around. WIZM 1410 AM 92.3 FM. This is Dave and that is Rick and you're here with us on Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks a bunch for being part of the show today. We'd sure love to have you aboard the Better Hearing Center talking text line. The number to reach us in studio 785-7914. You can also hit us up on Facebook Live. That's right. We're Facebook Live and I even took off my hat and forgot all about that. So uh, now you can see I haven't shaved my head in like 36 hours, and that is what it is. Uh, Rick, we do have one call that has been waiting uh, patiently with us online. I believe you said this is Kirk, right? Eric. Oh, Eric. I'm sorry. sorry. Eric, what's happening, fella? Uh, Poker, I mean, uh, Elizabeth Warren said that uh, she wants to eliminate the uh, Electoral College. I'm sorry, lady. You have to have a constitutional convention to do that because that was written so... When the nation was founded, all the population centers are located in Washington. And the 13 other outpost states had lesser, lesser, lesser representation. But they wanted to make sure that it was not a uh, one side against the other. So they decided these other people have equal votes for each representative they have. And uh, if they wouldn't have the Constitutional Convention... You got people on the East Coast and the West Coast are about Democrat all the time. Uh, Illinois also, and other major population centers. What they're trying to do is, is trying to eliminate the uh, massive overcount of people from one place to give other states representation, and then they would have to, the smaller populated states would have an equal chance in in uh, electing a president. Yeah, does that make sense? Well, I, you know, the the uh, the advent of the Electoral College was, as you mentioned, uh, based upon the idea that states with smaller portions of population would have representation. Now, you do realize, Eric, that most of that was to do with the fact that um, even until after the Civil War, slaves weren't considered citizens of, of the United States. Even the Dred Scott case, I was just telling uh, Rick Solom about this, uh, determined that Dred Scott wasn't a citizen. So the, the representation factor was largely to benefit the southern states that had more slaves than they did actual american citizens Uh, but in today's day and age i agree that the idea of an electoral college is not a bad thing because to have everybody let's say in a state of california which has over 10 percent of the country's population uh new york another 10 percent of the country's population texas uh, another 10 to 12 percent of the population if those three states had an improper imbalance of influence on the rest of the country, what would that mean for us right in the middle of the country? So I, I agree on on premise that the Electoral College is something that uh, still needs to be in place. And we were just talking off air, Eric, uh, about a proposal. And thanks for the phone call here at 785-7914, Rick. And we were you know kind of digging through some stories that Colorado, Washington, D.C., and a, about a dozen other states have proposed a measure that would seek to send the electoral college votes that that state would would actually procure towards the candidate that won the popular vote, right? That's kind of the um, gist of what we're reading here. And that's, in, in a way, what Elizabeth Warren is advocating, I think. From what I've read, and I didn't dig too much into this, so pardon my ignorance, but from what I read, it seemed that Elizabeth Warren was calling for an outright abolishment of the Electoral College, which, um, as Eric mentioned, that won't happen. They're not going to do that. And a constitutional convention has happened exactly one time in the, in the country's history. Okay, one time 
we were able to get all these folks together. And, and that's something that has been uh, growing for years in, in talk. As a matter of fact, the uh, old Alex Jones show used to sort of promote the idea of a constitutional convention, and it was called Convention of States. And for some time, I was part of their mailing list, and I would just take a look at some of the things that they would you know, sort of advocate for because, look, I think that we're in a particularly interesting spot with respect to the Constitution. And you know, Eric from Sparta was calling us here at 785-7914 talking about the, the value of the Electoral College, and I think that there is value there. Uh, but I, I do think it's it's interesting now which parts of the Constitution we will choose to focus on and which parts we'll choose to ignore. And I'm not talking about the Third Amendment, like, you know, housing soldiers during times of non-war. I'm talking about the big parts, right? The Constitution itself is still a fairly limited document legally, but the Bill of Rights that set it out or something, I don't know that many people are uh, they're really thinking about much these days. Uh, we got another call? Yeah, Andy. Andy, what's happening, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I just heard your comment, or I just heard your uh, your point, basically about area representation yeah. versus representation of population. And I remember uh, listening to like some NPR um, podcast, it's like more perfect or something like that, where they talk about uh, the, the Supreme Court case where in Tennessee there was a, pro- a, pro- a problem where essentially if you give more representation to area, then you're also decreasing or basically skewing the amount of power that a voter has in one area versus another. Yeah. Basically, like, if, you know, one representative, or if there's one representative for 20,000 people in one area and one representative for 10,000 people in another area, then that area where there's only 10,000 people, they actually have twice as much representation in government as where the uh, 20,000 people do. Yeah, and that's, you know, and, and that's true, uh, too. And I think that's part of why when we look at this, you know, kind of situation, it's foundations are rooted in a time where we just didn't have the same kinds of population problems. Now, the fluidity of population wasn't quite the same either. And as mentioned, you know, a large portion of these concessions that were made at, at the, the formation of not just the Constitution, but the Bill of Rights and then therefore states' Bill of Rights were, were largely to do with concessions made to states that still had slaves. Um, even when the Constitution, and, and, and this was going on from uh, 1781 to 1790 when they finally ratified the thing, the first Constitution being the Articles of Confederation, uh, there was a large call to, to really hit hard on slavery and sort of get to the root of, of why that was so bad for the country. But in fear of losing support from southern states like Virginia and uh, Mississippi and Alabama and in places like that, well, at the time, Georgia, there was a lot of concessions made. Now we have the representation that we do, uh, which may not be perfect, but I think it I think it could still be workable. All right, 785-7914, who's up next? Trouble Tom. Trample O'Tom, what's happening, fella? Well, the first thing is uh, I do think we could end up with a constitutional convention, and I hope we do. Uh, and Eric uh, was a little bit off. We can amend the Constitution if we can get enough uh, support for it, in which case Eric was right. That won't happen. Um, but here's the other thing I wanted to mention uh, I talked to you last week about why we got the Bill of Rights, sure. and you gave me a very good answer. You did not uh, mention one thing that I think is extremely important, and I think you have to really probably get this from the uh, 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 the um, uh, I can't think of the term the paper the Federalist Papers, sure. yeah. and that is that we we got the Bill of Rights 
because uh, they couldn't get the Constitution ratified without protecting individuals' rights. And I think that is an important reason that we actually got the first Bill of Rights, well, the first Ten Amendments. Yeah, Tremble Tom, you're, you're, you're right on. Now, the uh, Federalist Papers that you mentioned, they were written by Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay. There was actually a series, 85 uh, separate publications. They, they published it under the name, I think it was... Uh, Publis, right? Like e, you know, they they, which means public, uh, and these were actually intended to sway Americans towards a federalist view of the Constitution. So, you know, anti-federalists like um, Thomas Jefferson and uh, 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 Samuel Adams, they were the ones lobbying more for that uh, Bill of Rights to make sure that we could keep states and and individuals free from some of the constraints that they thought would go just crazy in a constitution with little oversight. See, the thing for me, and, and I appreciate your call, Tom, this is always good to talk about, the thing for me with the uh, the constitution of the Bill of Rights, and, and boy, it gets me kind of excited thinking about how simple it was, right? But the simplification of it, it scared people, right? And when you think about some of the most, uh, you know, notable anti-federalists, I said, you know, Thomas Jefferson, you've got Sam Adams, of course, but Patrick Henry, Richard Henry Lee, George Mason, Robert Yates, James Monroe. Uh, now, these guys, the, the anti-federalists, were more concerned, as Trepolo Tom correctly pointed out, with individual liberties and freedoms. And, and the one that we're talking about today, which I think is so important, and, and thank God we've got it, otherwise you and I wouldn't be here today, is the First Amendment, right? So Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. No law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievance. Uh, Interesting to me, though, when we think about what federalists and anti-federalists would want, oftentimes I would think that folks that identify Republican, Rick, and this is just my particular assessment and I can be way off, but folks that identify typically as Republican would consider themselves small government, right? They would say, we want a limited base of power, more states' rights. Generally, that's a GOP sort of a platform. When you look at who the, who the Federalists were, actually, and that was Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, that was uh, John Adams, that was George Washington. These were the elites of the country who in a lot of ways, didn't think that the general people, the population as a whole, was worthy of governance. They wanted property owners, landowners, wealthy, well-to-do people to make decisions. Now, there were some on the other side, the anti-federalists, that thought, hey, man, we're going to start a monarchy here with this thing. And, you know, we've never really tested the limits of this. There's been certain cases where we've walked up to a test. But I do think it's interesting right now, in, in which we're controlled largely by Republicans in many state senates and, and of course, at the, uh, the national level, in our United States Senate, not the House of Representatives uh, any longer, but how we seem to overlook this when we do get attacks on freedom of speech and, and freedom of the press by a Republican, I guess, President Donald Trump. And, and you know what? Let's stick on this for a second, because when we come back, Rick, you actually alerted me to a pretty funny Facebook post that um, our rock station, 95.7, has up and it was about Saturday Night Live, right? Saturday Night Live has been, I would say, probably the ire of many presidents, not just Donald Trump, right? Bill Clinton, George Bush, you name it, they've all gotten the guff. I mean, even George H.W. Bush got sort of a friendlier version, but Dana Carvey did an amazing H.W. So anyways, Saturday Night Live has been coming pretty hard after Trump. Well, some he said over the weekend, it really caught me off. And, and I think it's because I'm talking about the First Amendment. So stay with us. It's the Crosstalk PM, 
1410 AM, 92.3 FM. If you want to get in the program with us, we'd love to have you. 785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talking text line. WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. What's happening? It's Dave. It's Rick. We are uh, here with you today on Lacrosse Talk PM. The number to reach us in studio, the Better Hearing Center talking text line, 785-7914. And, of course, if you don't want to get on the phone, you can use the text line like our buddy Greg Luce did. Uh, and, Greg, you're right. Electoral College is exactly what you should have had in Alaska. Would have given you a better shot to beat Kim Smith. But thanks for the text, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, if you would like to join us in the program, we'd love to have you. Again, 785-7914. Um, listen, we don't need to beat this horse to death. Again, I'm just, you know, I'm looking at the state of affairs today, and, and we talked about, you know, kind of what the Constitution means, and maybe it means something different to all of us. I don't know how many of you have ever even bothered to read or look at or study or even for one moment care outside of the respect it has something to do with your personal life or situation, and that's fine. It's America. It's a free country. You're allowed to do that. The problem that I've got with attacks on certain fundamental rights, and like Trempolo Tom uh, so aptly pointed out here a few minutes ago at 785-7914, the foundations of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights were hard fought, long and hard fought. And the idea of the Bill of Rights was to protect our personal freedoms and liberties from what the anti-federalists thought would be a runaway shadow government on a national level. Now, I'm not suggesting that what we're seeing now with Trump is anything more or less dangerous than what we've seen with a number of other presidents. But I would say that the uh, disrespect for certain norms concerns me as as somebody who reads this particular document and the Bill of Rights being my favorite because it's the simplest and the Constitution, you can buy a little one and fits in your pocket. But the disrespect for norms concerns me, and I I would be willing to wager that if it was a different face, if it was a different person wearing a different color on their flag pin lapel with a different letter next to their uh, political name or how they're going to be viewed on television or in voting booths, we would look at this differently. So. You know, Saturday Night Live is is satire, right? And Lorne Michaels has been doing this for, what, 35, 40 years now, I guess it's been going on. And, and and every single sitting president has been a subject of their jokes. There has been none who have escaped Saturday Night Live. But here in, 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 in 2019, you know, we're looking at a situation where the president of the United States called for a investigation, an investigation into NBC's Saturday Night Live program because they're making fun of him. And he doesn't like it. And he thinks it's mean and should stop. This isn't a thing. Okay, let me read to you again. The First Amendment of the Constitution, long and hard fought. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Okay, there we go. Prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. You just can't do that. And Look, I mean, think what you want about the leftist media or the rightist media or whomever it is that is giving you such agitation in your stomach when you watch television at night. The point is this. It does not matter if you don't agree with what you're hearing. The Constitution and therefore the Bill of Rights of this country guarantees equal access to speech and the freedom to speak and the freedom of the press when that's available to do their job. So when I hear things like need federal investigation on a satire show, I get very concerned for a large portion of my career, Rick. That's all I've done is satire. The reason that we're doing this radio show is for entertainment. 
That's why companies like Midwest Family Broadcasting are in business. We are an entertainment product. And I feel like if, I get made fun of all the time on this show. Well, so. of course you do, but you set yourself up for that, and you know you do, and that's fine. And look, are there times in which speech goes too far and becomes dangerous? Absolutely. That's different. Yelling fire in a crowded theater is, is not the same as calling for an investigation of federal authorities on a satire show. Rick, I mean, Rick, to be honest, though, this was the second time Saturday Night Live ran this episode. Oh, so. come on. So what? Now it's a matter of times? I mean, is that what we're saying? Like one time I could take it, but, you know, past that I can't. See, here's, here's the thing. Whatever happens to a person, like physically happens to a person if they're offended, you've been offended, you've been made fun of, what happens to you? What, like what happens to your arms and legs? What happens to my yeah, arms Yeah, like what, what happens to your arms? Do you have bruises after you're offended? Well, I clench them up really tight and maybe I get a, like... Okay, but like seriously. No, nothing. Okay, nothing happens. So you're offended, so what? My forehead might sweat a little well, bit. Well, that's... Oh, okay, turn all right. Red. I turn red. We'll get you some, you know, uh, you, you, we'll try a minute. Run away and I Get you some baby medicine. Well, okay, and that's fine. But guess what? That's not physically hurting you. And that's not physically hurting anybody else or their pop, uh, property. So you're offended. Oh, well. Guess what? Lots of things offend lots of people. Who cares? It doesn't do anything to hurt you. And when we start to use the bully pulpit, the largest one that's available to any individual on the face of the earth today, which is the office of president of the United States of America to call for, you know, an investigation on a satire show. I mean, ladies so, and gentlemen, I mean, if, if we're going to be, you know, calling ourselves true Americans, full stop, I've been that has a, to worry I've been you. I've saying this a while. So Saturday Night Live brings in Alec Baldwin. To be Trump, right? And then they just go back. And as long as it's a week-to-week thing, this was obviously a repeat of an episode. So it was like an old – they just they just go back through the week and kind of like make fun of the way Trump does his speeches or whatever. If he's up on a speech, if he's doing a CPAC thing for two hours, they take the highlights. Right, right. But they kind of just repeat what he says because yeah, sure. what he says is – pretty ridiculous like kind of funny in a, in a way just because he has funny manures they found a formula with sarah palin yeah Let, let's be frank they Same found thing. a formula with sarah palin and they kind of imitate what the person yeah. says and yeah. they change it so it's a, a little bit funnier but sometimes they a lot of these people just say stuff that is like really did you just say that and they have to repeat it what i think said i should do with trump is put him up on that podium and make him like the most humanitarian, most like thoughtful person ever, and just be like the, make him the biggest liberal ever. Oh like, boy! And I like, see what you're saying. What would like, Trump do then if they made him oh, like super nice? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> like, would he be mad? That is an interesting question. You know, and, and listen, here, here's the thing. I don't think anybody should be spared from this, right? Like Hillary Clinton got her just desserts. I would hope, uh, with respect to Saturday Night Live. Uh, Definitely not somebody I would have voted for. Uh, But to me, it's like this. When you start to attack the foundations of the the liberties that we enjoy as Americans, and you do so from a position of power that wields untold authority, it should concern us all. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. 785-7914 is the number. Still some more to come. If we've got time, I'd also like to get your opinion on something, Rick. We've got a story up on WIZMnews.com. There is a bill that is being proposed right now in Madison that would allow for expungement of first-time drunk drivers. There's also a bill, apparently this is a counter bill being put up, that would suggest that all drunk driving incidents be met with stiffer and more harsh penalties. Curious to get into that, too. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. You're listening to WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Welcome back, WIZM, 1410 AM, 
92.3 FM. I'm like, why is that particular song not fading out? Oh, that's why. Okay, it's the delay. Got it. All right, so either way, we have the delay on. 785-7914 is the... uh, Better Hearing Center talking text line. Thank you, Rich Solon. I was like, wait a second. Why is my music not fading out? <laughs> there we go. Little programming adjustment here. This is not my normal seat. As a matter of fact, my normal seat is uh, in a studio that sits to the uh, south of where I am right now. So mornings with Dave and Scratty tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot about the Milwaukee Bucks and Los Angeles Lakers tonight. No Giannis, no LeBron James. Also, did you see Mike Trout is getting set to sign a 12-year, $450 million extension, Rick? With yeah, the Los Angeles Angels. It's a pretty good Anaheim. 35 million years. Woo! Man, that's a lot of money. All right, so we got about six minutes until we got to get out of here. I want to hit up the phones again, 785-7914. Thanks a bunch for being with us today. A big, fun show. I know we've got Joe, we've got Mary, we've got Nathan online. Let's start off with Joe because he's been holding the longest. Joe, welcome. How are you? Hey, I just want to say when it comes to the investigation for Saturday Night Live, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What do you mean? Uh, if Well, if the Democrats insist that I spend all my tax money for the next two years on bogus investigations instead of infrastructure, then I want to pick some of the lawyer funds that, you know, some of the haunts that the progressives tend to go to more often. Maybe we should spend some money there if we're not going to spend it in infrastructure, just holding up, you know, the president's agenda. Then let's get some say in where we're going to spend it too. Okay, but that that's okay. So that, uh, fair uh, on that point. But how does that have anything to do with like a media outlet like NBC and a, a satire show like Saturday Night Live? Well, how does how does the president winning the electoral college have anything to do with Russia uh, influencing the election? So if we're gonna if we're gonna play with unicorns, let's bring all the unicorns out to play. So are you saying there shouldn't be movies that are fictionally based or even loosely based upon true life events that would be sensationalized? Uh, television shows that. Uh, that do satire now those shouldn't be a, a thing any longer because no no i truthful. think saturday night live hasn't changed since the days but you know every president they right. do the same thing but all i'm saying is if we're not going to spend money for the next two years on actually making this country great again and the democrats insist we waste it all on lawyers then i want to pick some of the haunts then to investigate let's pick some progressive haunts if we're just going to spend it all on lawyers then i want some say in it too okay and i mean i, I don't necessarily disagree with that what about the um the ken star report that took what two and a half years um, wasted a ton of taxpayer money. What did that get to the the heart of for you? Did that was that a waste of uh, taxpayer money there? I understand that we're to take slow steps, and that the other party is to hold up what the other what the party in power is doing for as long as they can. All I'm saying is, I think that's ridiculous. But if we're going to play this game forever, mm. then I'm to the point where I want to pick where to spend some of my tax dollars instead of just the other party picking the lawyers that they get to make rich. You know what? I think, Joe, this would be one area where we could come to a real quick consensus because I'm going to let you off. We've got only a couple minutes. What if we were actually allowed? Like, say we got a, 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 a like sort of a voting punch tab that says your federal tax dollars will go to four of these 10 places you choose. That would be kind of a neat idea, right? Because we really have no control where our money goes. It's so crazy. We um, have no control. We all play the game, and some, uh, some of us have more in- money to influence it than others, and the rest of us just try to play along. All right, listen, brother, I appreciate it. Wish we had more time to talk on this. Thank you very much for the call. 785-7914 is the number. Um, all right, we're, we're like three minutes left on the program, so I want to change gears real quick only because we've got this story on our WYZMnews.com website about this uh, bill that would allow for expungement, potentially, potential expungement of first tr- uh, first-time drunk driving offenses. And I know that uh, Nathan wanted to get online with us here. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the show. How are you today, man? 
Hey, no, I'm pretty good. Um, I just I think that the expungement is a is a good idea. You know, the problem is is that a lot of these, uh, you know, we, with, with with driving a truck and getting CDLs, mm-hmm. it's a problem for the people to get you know hired by companies because of the insurance. It's a five year wait if you get uh, drunk driving. Sure. Now the other thing is is that you have to look carefully at who's going to benefit. Um, with these tougher laws because they put the you know the machine in where they have to breathe in it to keep your car or vehicle running who you know you know they never stop and say well that's going they're going to charge the person three or four thousand dollars to put that in who gets this money you, you know there's always a company that gotcha. benefits grossly just like traffic uh, you know like cameras at intersections for speeders or whatever some company or some thing is benefiting from this money no question so you have to look at where this goes yeah, listen, um, absolutely no question. And, and Nathan, that's, you know, you, you could put that into context with everything. Um, when you get uh, scanned, um, your entire body scan at an airport, right? There's a company that got a no-bid contract, or perhaps it was a limited bid, wink, wink, uh, that makes a ton of money off of that. That's the apparatus of all uh, projects in America, right? Um, and at the same time, right, right. I, you know, and, and so I hear what you're saying, because where does... Who does that ultimately affect? Well, it ultimately affects disproportionately those on the lower economic spectrum, right? I mean, and, and that's ultimately why these kinds of things are, are being looked at. I, I'm for this particular bill. I, w- I would say this. I'm not for drunk driving. I think it's bad, and you can obviously hurt people, kill people, wreck property, and all that's terrible. But, um, you know, alcohol affects people in a different way. Like, not everybody is drunk at .08, right? And then this particular bill... Uh, which is sponsored, it looks like, uh, by a senator and a representative here in, in Wisconsin would allow first-time drivers who were caught under the influence to petition for an expungement if they didn't cause any injury and their blood content was less than 0.15%. You know, I'm okay with that. It, it also goes to say in this particular um, uh, bill proposal here, Rick, that drivers would also have to have an, ex- an ignition interlock device for six months or wear device monitoring alcohol consumption for six months. So sort of what uh, Nathan was just talking about here, it's, it's another tax. But, you know, ultimately that's what, you know, I hate to say it like this, but that's what policing in a lot of ways is. It, it's an enforcement of, of revenue uh, generation and revenue collection. Yeah, so, it's just another expense for someone yeah. who probably can't afford yeah. The ticket, let alone the attorney right, right. charges, let Absolutely. alone. Absolutely. Well, and, and this is why, car. you know, and, and this could be a topic for a whole other day for us. I mean, when you think of the, the scales of liberty, right? And they're supposed to be blind and balanced. No, it's not. Come on. If, you, if you've got the money to pay for a lawyer and your lawyer can send my lawyer more papers, right? If they can send us more memos, you can just outspend me. I mean, just trust me, that can happen from the potholes. I mean, geez. All right, we got to go. So um, tomorrow you're going to be back here on air. I will not. I'll be back yep. next Tuesday. Mike McCabe tomorrow. Oh, Mike McCabe. Good get. All right. You guys have a great one. Talk to you next Tuesday.